Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this week is no different. Happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. We hope that you have plans to celebrate well and to celebrate safely. In this week's episode, we are going to cover all the NBA action, Eastern and Western Conference Finals, the Stanley Cup playoffs, have come to an end and it is now time to crown the Lord Stanley Cup champions. Who's going to prevail, Tampa Bay or Montreal? And a lot of baseball going on, America's pastime of course, hot dog eating contest, Copa America, UEFA European Champions Soccer, and as always, I am joined by my three co-hosts, Andres the Cavalier King. Bryant, first prize, Flores, and none other than Mr. Louisville himself, Champagne Chauncey. We have a lot to get into. They're excited. I'm excited. We're going to discuss everything after a quick message from our sponsor. We like to keep our heroes and headlines extremely local and extremely dear to our hearts. And in true weekend starts on Wednesday fashion, it doesn't get any more local than my sports-filled weekend that I just had. It started off Friday afternoon. I called into the Rogan and Rodney show to compete (laughs) in um, their trivia game called Who Dis, where you have to guess the player as they give, you know, clues. And I got second place, so the... There you go. I kind of represented um, one of the out, producers, of, out of two players, though? out of three, out of three. <laughs> so one of the uh, producers, he had a, a great game. He took he took home the prize on a Friday afternoon, and I wanted to clarify what happened. I told the co-host, I told him that I enjoy listening. Jonas Knox. I told him that I enjoy listening to his show at night. Right. I was giving him a compliment. I said I enjoyed listening to your show at night. It's great to hear you during the day. And he got all mad and he thought I was dissing him. And he's like, I don't know why he's giving me a backhanded compliment like that. You know, you might as well just say that you don't appreciate me. He was going along those lines. And I was like, bro, that's exactly the opposite of what I was trying to do. You know, but if you want to think that I was giving you a backhanded compliment, I'm very sorry. I was actually trying to sing your praises. So that's how my Friday started. And then as you all know, if you listen to the show, Dodgers won for Little Caesar's birthday. That was pizza, a, pizza. Yeah, that was a great game. <laughs> Uh, Three home runs. Dodgers blew up for six runs finally. So it was a great game. It was good to be back in the environment. Uh, We snuck in Michelada Mix. Learn from the best. Yeah, we we snuck in Michelada Mix. And then um, Saturday, watched a little bit of the boxing. Um, Gervonta Tank Davis held it down. Um, Lomachenko held it down. And then Sunday went golfing with Andres and Champagne Chauncey. I do have to go to the driving range a lot more because at uh, the 13th hole, I was getting tired. I was getting frustrated. So um, I think if I practice more, that'll be good. So, you know, that was my sports field weekend. And um, a hero of mine is my Dodger flag. 
I kind of forgot about it. I had it stashed away because of COVID. I wasn't driving anywhere. Uh, I found it recently. I had to fix it. I fixed it. I put it up on Friday. They haven't lost since then. So the Dodger flag is my hero. And uh, Flores is another hero from Sunday afternoon. We did a single day fantasy baseball draft. And he drafted Shohei Otani, who put up a whopping 26 points in one day. He wow. had uh, three RBIs, a stolen base, a home run, uh, just a shit ton of points. I mean, I had 16, and I thought a grand slam from Rafael Devers would seal the deal. That would be enough. Only to be outdone by Shohei Showtime Otani. So congratulations, Flores. You are at seven points, um, the first to 21 collects beer from the rest of us. Uh, so that was my weekend. Those are my heroes. Andres, do you have a hero or a headline? Yes, in typical French fashion, Jaret, which means <laughs> I quit. I had to figure that out. Thank you, Jimmy, with the stats of bringing me the translation for I quit for Jaret uh, in French. Yes, I'm talking about the French national team. They waved their white flag in the European Champions Cup. Uh, they lost in penalty kicks. And they lost when they had the lead three to one to Switzerland. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we we they <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they lost three one. They blew a three one lead, three three with like I don't know minutes to go in the game, and they couldn't put up a goal in the in the extra time. So they go to penalty kicks. Not one person missed a penalty on both sides. On both sides. So going to the final kicker for the French side, which was Mbappe, a world champion, someone I thought was going to be a closer, kicks it with his left, his left side, goal, goalkeeper to his right, goalie blocks it. It almost looked like he did that purposely, the way that he hit it. It wasn't look like it was a very meaningful strike uh, that he typically would do, and mm -hmm. usually I would go with the right, but on the right side. Anyway, long story short, they're out of the fucking tournament. They're gone. They quit. They couldn't hold up. These guys were the favorites, and in true fashion form, they just gave up what it needed most. What did your dad say? Because didn't you say that your dad thought that Kylian Mbappe yeah. is one of the best European soccer players at this moment in time? I mean, yeah, he holds a higher standard to him than Ronaldo. He's, he, he's past Ronaldo. He's past Messi because he has the elusive World Cup. And the fact that he's such a young kid at 22 years old that he could potentially win – three World Cups like Pele. So that feat alone is a crazy stat to have. So I was I was watching that game, and I thought the goalie did a good job. Um, the goalie actually stuck out his left hand mm -hmm. quickly, and then the goalie dove right. And I think by him sticking out his left hand, flashing it by Mbappe's um, whatever he can see as he was looking at the ball, I think that probably helped him. I think the goalie kind of pulled a fast one. Yeah, but it's did. not even a top, top-notch goalie though. Like, yes, he plays in Europe, but it's not—I don't know—a uh, a new, a newer or. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying he's the best goalie of all time. I'm just saying, like yesterday, that was a distraction. Like, you did a little was, jazz hand. Yeah, what he did yesterday was yeah. dope, and it worked. I think Mbappe—he uh, he, knows—he should have know—he knows better how to finish. But hey, whatever. I mean, good for him. In the sense he gets it out you know, that pressure off of them, enjoy your summer vacation uh, in Nice, but they're out. Mbappe took an L yesterday. Uh, Flores is going to talk about somebody who didn't make it out of today. Uh, Flores, over to you. Do you have a hero or a headline? 
Yeah, with so many sporting events that we've been seeing that have been marred by injuries, you know, some of the stuff at the Euro Cup at uh, the Copa America as well, still dealing with even like people missing because of the virus, the NBA playoffs, just add another one to the list. Uh, unfortunately, in her first round match on Tuesday at Wimbledon, um, Serena just couldn't get out of Serena Williams couldn't get out of the first round because of injury. And it sucks because the age that she's getting at now, she's going to be 40 soon. She hasn't won a major since 2017. She hasn't made a final since 2019. And she's chasing that 24th major. And at this point, just will her body allow her to get there is the question. And it just sucks every opportunity that she misses, especially something like the court of what was going on there at Wimbledon, even with the uh, Federer match, his opponent had to give up because of injury, because of the soaked uh, grass field that they play on essentially at Wimbledon for the tennis courts uh, on grass there. But it just sucks that Serena Williams is going to miss this opportunity, that we're all going to miss this opportunity to see if she can get there, to see if she can finish off her 24th major. We all love to see records being broken, and we're probably going to have to wait. I don't know if she's going to make it back by the U.S. Open a little bit later this year uh, or to the Australian Open beginning of next year. So hopefully Serena can get there soon, though. I know I was um, disappointed because obviously I saw that she was playing and I was going to turn the turn the match on so I can watch it, you know, in the background. And then as soon as I found out she was playing, I found out she was not playing. So it sucks. And as a uh, Serena Williams fan, you want to see that she can get to that 24th championship. However, she is facing father time. Andres? Yeah, no, I mean, Floyd, you brought up a good point with the, the court conditions. I also saw like two other players on the men's side had to resign from playing too. So I also wonder how much more down the line in the next coming days, how many other players are going to be hurt and injured because the court doesn't seem that it's being properly taken care of. So yeah, just the weather and, you know, unfortunate timing with all that stuff. And it's just like, what are you going to do sometimes? Are you completely going to cancel? Are you going to try to play through it? And they deem that it's in decent conditions, but then you see what happens. So who knows if the players are going to take a stance or what's going to happen because it has been pretty consistent, and now it's happening to marquee names. Mm -hmm. uh, and, again, Federer was able to move on because of that himself. So it's just what's going to happen next. So hopefully something that gets addressed and just something that they don't have to deal with if the weather gets better there. They got to get Mario and Luigi on the case. <laughs> <laughs> So they, can, the uh, issue. so they can make sure to clear out the field, all the excess water. Uh, <laughs> Chance, over to you. Uh, do you have a hero or a headline for this week's show? So I have a headline, and my headline is Beam Me Up, Scotty. And that is due to, because for those who didn't see, Scotty Pippen appeared on the Dan Patrick Show, uh, <laughs> amongst other media outlets, because he is writing a tell-all book in response to Michael Jordan's The Last Dance. And in uh, his interview, his, his very entertaining interview with, with Dan Patrick, Scottie Pippen says that, that Phil Jackson is essentially racist because there was a infamous play uh, in the playoffs where Phil Jackson drew up the last second shot for Tony Kukoc and not Scottie Pippen. The Bulls end up making the shot. I think it was actually a regular, regular season game, so excuse me, not playoffs. But – Bulls win, win the game. Tony Kukoc makes the shot. And Scottie Pippen is pretty adamant in this interview 
uh, that Phil Jackson did that because of race, among other things. Um, mm -hmm. He also said that that Michael Jordan was actually acting in front of the camera real time um, <laughs> when the cameras were on him during various scenes in the bench during the 98 season when hit when he decided to pass the ball to Steve Kerr in the playoffs for an open shot to hit a game winner. Um, he said that was all orchestrated and collaborated by Michael and his film crew. Um, and it really, if you saw the interview, it really did look like Scotty was on something. That's why I said, beam me up, Scotty, because like he looked like he was just like he had just like gotten up and like waked and baked or something. But in his defense, you know, Twitter, the Internet is undefeated in his defense. Some people, some some Twitter users uh, have pulled some quotes from Phil Jackson's book, Maverick. And, uh, you know, some of these some of these quotes are pretty. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, you could say they're racist. I mean, for example, he says that that white players are more often willing to run patterns and work collectively together as opposed to black players. He says that his Knicks team, he said the starting front court played ba white basketball while the guards played black basketball. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, he yeah. said but, he, black kids growing up want to be the superstars of their neighborhood. They want to be the toughest kids on the block, the richest, or once they get to the playground, the best one-on-one -on -one basketball players. White kids, on the other hand, usually are raised in a more homogeneous environment that provides other outlets for personal expression. They're also constantly being taught the principle of <laughs> subordinating their own personal glory to the, to the good of the group. So some very, very interesting comments. This is from his his autobiography, Maverick, which came out in 2005. So that was the gap between after he had coached the Lakers to their three championships and before he had come back and coached Kobe for the remaining two. The only thing that I find pretty funny is he talks all this shit about one-on-one -on -one players, but he literally would not be Phil Jackson without Michael Jordan, a great one-on-one -on -one player, Shaq, a great one-on-one -on -one player, and Kobe Bryant, a great one-on-one -on -one player. So... Mm -hmm. Kind of ironic that he talks all this shit. Definitely some racist comments from Phil. Disappointed in the guru. Again, this is why I say Pat Riley is the best basketball mind of my generation. Up for, for discussion later, but I have a question for you. I don't think he's lying with regards to Michael Jordan passing that ball in front of the cameras. I think that whole thing was – he knew it was his last season. Everyone's been following him. He's like, ah, you know what? No one's going to expect this. Let me just pass it to uh, um, Steve Kerr on the outside to make it game-winning shot. So he might be onto something. Plus, he, Scotty's on something because he's got to pay his ex-wife, watch the Pippin, and hear all the bullshit of how many young guys she's banging in the in NBA. Yeah, so yeah. the guy's beamed up because he has to beamed up because he's still got to pay alimony. So he's like, fuck it. If Jordan can get a, a documentary, at least I can sell – sell some secrets that no one's going to give a flying shit about. Yeah, Fair you know, enough. and uh, I got you, Scotty. You're my boy, I mean, Blue. <laughs> but my whole thing is like, motherfucker, do you have six rings or not? Right. Like, what are you complaining about? Like, you won six rings. You got to play with Michael Jordan. You went very deep on other teams, you know, so you can prove that you can play. When I say you went deep, you made deep playoff runs. Um, I think that he like what you said. I think he's just going through a lot right now and it's all adding up. And the fact that everybody found out that uh, through the last dance, everybody found out that he got fucking asked out on that weak ass contract. Yep. You know, I know it's already public information, 
but nobody was Googling how much Scottie Pippen made until the, that came out. And then you're like, wow, he was undervalued. He was underpaid. So there's a lot probably that's <clears throat> boiled up inside of him. And, um, he kind of took it out on Dan Patrick. I mean, he was, he was, <laughs> he was, he was very um, rude to him when he was like, do you speak English? I was like, damn, dude, that's messed up. But, so, but in true Dan pa- Patrick uh, fashion, he handled it like a pro, you know, yeah, like he, he wasn't in his feelings. He wasn't like getting defensive about it. Like that's, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He's a former basketball player, actually played college ball at Dayton. But um, yeah, man, Scotty with his little fro and his earrings. I mean, hey, man, I understand wanting to stay young, but. Hey, Scotty, man. Let it go, brother. Let it go. <laughs> so, um, Scotty Pippen, beam me up, Scotty. And uh, my sports field weekend, Andres talking shit about France. And uh, Serena Williams, hopefully you come back. Uh, those are last week's, or I'm sorry, those are this week's Heroes and Headlines. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Andres, 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 welcome to the weekend. The weekend starts on Wednesday, 5 p.m., yes. game two yes. of the Stanley Cup Finals. Take it away. Tell the listeners everything they need to know about tomorrow night's hockey game. What a great way to start the week. A beautiful week, I might add, because it's the 4th of July. USA, baby. USA. Speaking about the USA, <laughs> it is Stanley Cup Hockey Finals, the championship. The greatest playoffs is coming to an end with the Montreal Canadiens versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning took a 1-0 series lead the other day by beating the Canadiens of Montreal. Beating the shit out of the Canadiens. They took them out back and gave them a whooping like we did to the British. Uh, (laughs) 5-1 was a final. So Montreal is playing game two down 1-0. I think Montreal wins it. Um, I still need them to win the whole thing. My my wallet is with the Canadians. My head is with the Lightning. Um, but this is a series. I mean, this is what you want. I mean, Stamkos is firing on all cylinders. The Lightning have been putting lights out. Uh, Brandon Points has been on fire. He's having an incredible um, career, his playoff career. Montreal's playing well. Toffoli's playing well. This is going to be a good series. I predict this series to go to seven. Possibly six. Hopefully it's a Canadian uh, victory since they haven't had one since 93. So I don't think it's going to go seven games. Um, I think the Canadians were the underdogs that were not supposed to make it this far. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. yes. No, no no, one even had them. They fired their coach midseason. As we stated previously in the show, uh, a previous like five episodes ago. Um, and they finished – in the nick of time to get that fourth spot in the Canadian or, you know, section of the world. So um, it could be Tampa Bay in five would be my prediction. It'd be a huge year for Tampa Bay considering they've already won the Stanley cup. Right. Back to back Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. The Rays went to the world series, but lost. And then the hockey comes back around. So is that your bold prediction? What? 
that they win in five? I would love to make that my bold prediction if you guys would accept it. I'll accept yeah, it. No. I'll accept it. See, I it's I'll accept it. Well, and if you do sweep, yeah, I'll do. Yeah, I'll okay. Sweep. I would say that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning sweep the Canadians mm-hmm. as my bold prediction. You guys accept that? Yeah, run it. All right. And then, um, as I mentioned, each bowl prediction is worth seven points. First to 21 collects beer from the losers. Flores is on the board with seven points um, via Shohei Otani's stat line for Sunday. So, Andres, Canadians, good luck to you on your sports book bet. Lightning sweep. Good luck to myself. 6 p.m., the Suns taking on the Clippers. The Wednesday night game, uh, Flores. The Suns lead the series 3-2 after the Clippers won last night by 14 points. Uh, what do you see happening? Will the Clippers force a Game 7? Be careful with those Clippers. They have <laughs> some life in them right now. If they win this game, it goes to a Game 7, and who knows what happens in a Game 7. You have a Terrence Mann game like you did in the last series, and all of a sudden you're moving on because one of your players went crazy. So, it's very obviously important for the Clippers to win this game or else they're eliminated. But I have faith in them. Paul George has stepped up. He's shown to be the best player on the court over Booker, over Paul. I don't know how much Booker Booker is you know hindered because of the nose and because of the mask and what he has to wear. But it seems like Aiton has been the star player for the Suns. So will that shine through now that uh, Zubak is out for the Clippers? How long will Zubak be out? But again, I still feel the Clippers are going to take both of these games, advance to the finals. Who knows what's going to happen with Kawhi? Maybe he comes back. And we don't know what happened with Giannis today. So shoot, it might be the Clippers taking this title home. Chaunt, do you agree or disagree? I agree that you need to watch out for the Clippers. Definitely. Uh, I disagree that PG has been, even though he was the best player, no, no doubt, on the court on Monday. Devin Booker still averaging more than him. He's still shooting a higher percentage. And that's the crazy thing about it. You know, Devin Booker is not playing that well. And he's still playing up to par with Paul George last game with, you know, notwithstanding. But I do agree that you need to be careful with the Clippers because um, they have a coach who's been in this position before, down 3-1, come back to win a series. Um, he's probably one of the more underrated coaches in the league in Tyron Lue, who pretty much had to beg to get a job. And on top of that, you know, there's the pressure. You know, people talk about CP3 being the greatest player, current player to have never made a finals. You know, maybe that's kind of creeping in his head right now. Maybe he's known he has this sense that like, man, if, I, if you know, if we can't knock him out on, you know, tomorrow on Wednesday, you know, in L.A., then shit. <laughs> You know, I have a lot of pressure on me to bring these young guys who are all going to be looking at me to bring them home. So I think I'm going to call an upset. I think that the Suns win this game. I think Devin Booker balls out because he has not played that. He hasn't had that quintessential Devin Booker game this series yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I stand corrected. Flores is right. I was wrong. He has actually is not. He's had a season average higher than Paul George. He hasn't had a series average higher than Paul George. But because of that, I think he's going to ball out tomorrow. Suns are going to take this in six. Okay, so – no, it's this game six. Yeah, he's so, the Suns close it out tomorrow night. So they close so, it out. So, they take it in six. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, bold prediction? That's not bold no, prediction. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? I try to get him some points. He needs it. That's, 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 <laughs> is it a bold prediction to say the Clippers are going to win this series? 
No, not no, anymore. No, 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 no. Not when everybody's watching out for them. If you were to be like, oh, the Clippers are going to win by 20, yeah. that's a bold prediction. Here's, but... here's the thing. Paul George has been playing great on the road. This guy couldn't hit a free throw, let alone water, if he fell off a boat when it comes to home. He had a chance to close it out. He had everything to do it, but he didn't do it. So I, I think – That was on the road. No. He missed those two free throws and Aiton made the shot. He missed him again. Yeah, he at missed home. him again at home. Yeah. And Bomber's like with his fucking face into his mask. That, yeah. Can't got to close it out. Look, PG-13 is going to be PG-13. This is going to be CP3's year to win one. I still have faith in the Suns to do it. My, my wallet is with him. I think Booker's going to do it. Uh, I think there's just a better team. If Kawhi doesn't come back tomorrow, he's not coming back for a game seven. So um, as a Lakers fan – this series fascinates me because the Clippers have had, you know, shortcomings. The Suns have had playoff shortcomings as well. There's a lot on the line for both organizations. Uh, Chris Paul, as you just mentioned, a lot on the line for him. Uh, Tyron Liu, if he comes back and, and, you know, like Flores thinks Clippers can win the entire championship. If he comes back and coaches them to a, a finals championship, then he automatically becomes one of, you know, quickly becomes one of the greatest NBA coaches to have ever come across the stage. So it's fascinating to me, um, to be honest with you guys, I don't really care about the Eastern um, series as much, especially now that Giannis got hurt. Trey Young got hurt. Chance, um, actually let's, let's kick it over to you, Chance. Um, so that wraps up Wednesday's sports entertainment, the Suns and Clippers Thursday, five 30, the Hawks taking on the Bucks. This series is tied up at 2-2. So um, Trey Young is questionable for Thursday's game. Giannis is questionable for Thursday's games. But they both sustained pretty bad injuries in terms of um, how it affects their knees and how it affects their feet. And what, what did you say, Chance, when you found out that Giannis and uh, Trey Young were not going to be playing? You said it's not even worth watching anymore, correct? Yeah, man, and it sucks because – you know, what's crazy is that this year's NBA playoffs have had some of the highest ratings um, in about 10 years. And part partially, I think that's due to the fact that there is an infusion of new blood. There's four teams in the conference finals that, you know, haven't won, you know, a few of those teams haven't won a championship at all. Um, and the other two haven't won a championship, one since the 50s, other since the 70s, um, which in our lifetime is pretty much forever. So, uh, it, it sucks for the league, but yeah, I think that they definitely have to evaluate next year how they're going to address the season because you can't. I, I read a stat today that said that ten all, with him getting hurt, this will be the tenth All Star in a, in the playoffs that is going to be missing time due to injury, um, and you have to think that that's due to the compacted schedule because of COVID. But it'll be interesting to see this game on Thursday because. Everyone has been kind of wanting to know who is this Bucks team without Giannis. Like I, you know, they have an identity, but that identity is so based around Giannis. So if he doesn't play, fellas, I'm just interested to see like what Chris Middleton or Drew Holloway does. Drew Holiday does. Pat Connaughton, um, Bryn Forbes. You know, they have all these shooters, but again, a lot of their offense is predicated on Giannis driving the ball, kicking it out to guys. So we'll see if Chris Middleton Middleton can be the can be the guy. I heard uh, Flores' favorite commentator, Nick Wright, say that <laughs> he would take Chris Middleton over Paul George as a number two. I disagree with that. But um, we'll see, man. We'll see. This will be Middleton's time to shine. 
he won't be Robin. He'll be a Batman, and we'll see if he can uh, come away with a victory on Thursday. So if uh, Trey Young is out and Giannis is out, who do you think is going to win the series? I am going to go with the Hawks because mm-hmm. I think that they have a better – I think that they have an identity. I don't know who the Bucks are without Giannis. I know that the Hawks are still a guard-oriented team that likes to shoot threes, that have a lot of interchangeable pieces, and they have a defensive-minded head coach who can make adjustments. I know the Bucks have a coach who looks like he always does an eight ball of coke before the game <laughs> and that he's never been able to make the adjustments during uh, during the game. So I'm going to go with the Hawks. Flores, who do you think wins the series as is if Trey Young's out, if Giannis is out? I'm going with the Hawks too. They just they have a bunch of guys that don't care, that don't have that pressure that the Bucks have had because of what happened last year and the last couple of years, especially, you know, Holiday coming in and Middleton like Chance was talking about. So that weight is going to be heavy on their shoulders, not so much on those young Hawks players and it's first to two now at this point and I'd have to go with the Hawks at that point. So, Andres, um, that concludes Thursday's sports entertainment. We got one game for you, a game five, very interesting basketball game. Now, uh, 12 o'clock Friday is UEFA European Championship. Mm -hmm. Look at the board and tell everybody what's going on lunchtime this Friday. Lunchtime, I hope everybody's working from home or at a bar to watch it or put it on your phone and tell your boss, hey, you know what, I'm watching the best game of the weekend for soccer, let alone probably of the year. Belgium versus Italy, the (laughs) two remaining strongest teams in this European Cup. Uh, You know, the Belgium are known as the Red Devils. This is a team that always has big names, Hazard, um, uh, Lukaku, no, not Lukaku. Yes. yes, Lukaku is part of them as well. Thank you, Flores and Jimmy. Um, <laughs> this is a team that usually plays well, they, but they always choke. Italy hasn't lost a game in 23 games. So they're due for a, they're, they're due for a they're, loss. Yeah, they finally just conceded a goal this whole tournament uh, the other day. I think Italy is going to – they might be due for a loss. You're right, Pat, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Italy has just so much – strong team power that I'm by the way I gotta go with my Italian roots and gotta go with my paisans so I'm gonna go with the Italy to win I think it's gonna be a high scoring game I expect it to be a 3-1 Italy final okay so listeners three two listeners take note of what's happening Andres is predicting a high scoring game three, Italy wins three to two I'm predicting Italy gets shut out one nothing wow mm. Mm. and Belgium has some of its players that potentially might miss hazard De Bruyne. So they are the number one team in the FIFA rankings in the world, mm-hmm. Belgium is. And of course, Italy's a lot of people's, especially mine, as a bold prediction favorite to win this Euro Cup. So this is as big of a match as it gets going into uh, what would be the final four next. Yeah. So there are a couple more matches coming up that we're going to discuss for Saturday, too. And now, um, going into Friday night, Chance, your very own. Los Angeles Dodgers are in the nation's capital. They are, <laughs> they're storming the capital and um, they're going up against Max. <laughs> they're going up against Max Scherzer and they're throwing Julio Urias. Now Max Scherzer has a 2.14 ERA and Urias has a 3.95. As a Dodgers fan, be honest with us. 
do they win Friday night? Because that's a very tough matchup. Yeah, you're right, man. And, you know, for our listeners who don't know, um, Max Scherzer is one of my favorite pitchers. He's got two different color eyes. I don't know if anyone knew that. I'm sure everyone actually did know that. But, yeah, he, he's a very weird dude, but I'm a big fan of his. He's got a 214 ERA, even though uh, Udius has the better record at 9-3. and three. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Nationals. Um, I don't think they want to let the Dodgers come in and storm the Capitol, win the game. <laughs> um, Kyle Schwarber is playing out of his mind right now. He's got 25 jacks. Um, hope we see him in the home run derby. Um, also leading those guys in, in in RBIs for the Dodgers. The hitting is starting to pick up. Max Muncy's leading us with you know 16 home runs, uh, but we still have you know you know our our guy Justin Turner who usually is hovering around the 305 310 batting average right now is 288, mm. but he's also leading us in RBIs at 40. So I think the Dodger bats still are waking up. I think they're going to come alive you know mid to late July. But with this game being in our nation's capital literally two days before 4th of July, I'm going to have to go with the Nationals. So I would have to agree that it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I don't know if – this is what I want to see is the Nationals are above 500, so you got to give them some respect. I want to see how Urias does against them, you know, because they have a seasoned lineup. And uh, I just – I like these midseason – Friday night matchups where the lights are bright so we can get some kind of checkpoint on how everybody's doing. Yeah, I'm going to call for a Dodger sweep in the nation's capital. They're storming the capital for sure. You have one, two, three punch. You have Urias on Friday. Saturday, Clayton Kershaw still undecided who the Nationals are going to throw. And then on Sunday, Chauncey's favorite man of all time, Bauer, on the mound on Sunday. So Fuck that dude. At the end of the day <laughs> – you leave Cheese Dick all alone because he's gonna do and handle business. I I'm calling for a sweep. I think Urias. It would be a. It's gonna be a great series, but I'm calling for a sweep. I think the bats are coming alive for the Dodgers at the right time before the break. Okay, so Dick might not even pitch because he's uh he's got that assault charge coming his way. Ooh, like assault Whoa, charge or not? Yeah, Cheese Dick turned into Nacho Cheese Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Left out in the cold for four hours. But he addressed it. And he said apparently, according from what we were allegedly. told, allegedly that he had met somebody online, and all it was was just so, rough sex. Okay, and you're meeting people online, bro. You're, bro. You make forty-one million dollars, bro. <laughs> There's he's sign. using Tinder. What? What? Why not? No, you maybe just, people you just because this just, is exactly what happens so, yeah. you sure when you, you make forty-one. Yeah, no, you ha- you have a boy. Who goes and scouts for you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, why? they're all going to be crazy no matter what happens. But I mean, I, it's a better oh, filtering man. process if you're not on Tinder when you make that, forty-one million dollars. Is that what it was? was, it, was it was. It was online. Yeah, I'm but, assuming Tinder because he looks like he just fucking got <laughs> <been> on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> just, Pat, Pat, you met the lovely Diana online, did you not? Yeah. Well. Well, I mean, I'm look, not, you got married. Yeah, yeah. but I, I am not worth forty-one million dollars, exactly. Dick. Like. <laughs> If I was worth $41 million. Bro, you should be the most confident man in the world. So we have to move on to Saturday. Um, Now, it is UEFA European Championship Soccer again. And uh, Flores, you said shoot it over to us for this part of the weekend. Yeah, there's just a lot going on with both tournaments in the morning. Uh, Me and Andres were arguing as to what is the better uh, Euro Cup game. I'm actually going for the noon game. England uh, versus Ukraine. England, they have high hopes for this Euro Cup. 
Uh, if they get to the final, it's going to be in Wembley Stadium. So they think they actually have a chance. Today they beat Germany for the first time at home in a major tournament since like the 60s or 70s. 1966 in a major yeah, tournament, so, when, <clears throat> which was the last time that England won a World Cup. Their first and only, and it happened coincidentally to be in England for that time period, just like this Euro Cup. I think there's a fix for the English team to get to the finals and potentially win it. Um, but that's just my crazy ass belief. Even in it. more reason to watch it to see if the fix is in. But what did you think was the better game? Uh, the better game of this is the morning game at 9 a.m., which is the Czech Republic versus Denmark, um, only because it's a feel-good story for Denmark. Uh, their big player, Ericsson. Uh, Christian Ericsson, who plays for – used to play for Tottenham, by the way, uh, had a heart attack first game of the European tournament. Um, they were able to revive him twice, I believe, and then now he's healthy. But uh, recovering, Denmark after that didn't even think would even have a chance to get out of the group play without their star player. They have. They're in the quarterfinals. The Czech Republic on the other side too, not to take anything away from them, they've came out of nowhere. They won their group. They've been playing really, really well. Um, it's going to be a great game. So I expect this game to be uh, – 3-2. No, let's go 2-1 final Denmark, and I think this is going to be possibly ends in extra time, if not penalty kicks. But but the actual game of the day is at 3 p.m. in the Copa America. We have now the elimination round starting off there, which is what's going on in the Euro Cup as well. But uh, Uruguay versus Colombia. So Colombia is getting put to the test against Uruguay right off the bat. We also have Argentina against Ecuador at 6 p.m. Brazil is playing on Friday, too, to open up the elimination rounds for the Copa America. So a lot to watch there as well. Hey, for that Uruguay game, is El Vampiro playing? Suarez? <laughs> he is. He's I been love doing, it. He's been doing well. Him and Cavani are just there forever, it seems, with Uruguay. So how many players is he going to bite? Over, over, under half? He hasn't. I saw another player. I think that was at the at the Euro Cup that bit somebody. But oh yeah, it hasn't for Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it hasn't happened in, uh, in the Copa America yet. So there's um. You said there's no UFC. There's no boxing on Saturday. So um, if you're watching soccer all day, we promise some good matchups. Um, I personally, obviously, I wasn't following Colombian soccer too much. Um, but then now how Flores always highlights their matchups uh, when they have a big game, I'm very interested. I would love to see Colombia win because at this point in the tournament, they are definitely underdogs, right? No one thought they were going to make it this far. Uh, yeah, in a way they're underdogs just because of the coaching change and all that stuff. And Uruguay is just always solid. So in a way they're an underdog. So um, that concludes Saturday's action. Moving on to Sunday. It is the 4th of July, Independence Day. Now, you could probably watch Independence Day all day on the 4th of July. Or, Chance, you can start your day off with the hot dog eating contest hosted by Nathan's Hot Dogs. Um, the returning champion is Joey Chestnut, yep. correct? He's yep. back. Uh, Flores, you mentioned that you saw some odds get pulled up. Uh, do you have... Any insight as to whether or not Joey Chestnut will be challenged or is he just going to walk away with another victory? Well, let me do this. The world record is 75 hot dogs and buns 
in 10 minutes. That's the record that Joey Chestnut is trying to break. He broke that last year, yeah? Uh, sure. I don't know. That, yeah, that's because yeah, I remember I have the bet where over-under was like 74 and a half, and he ended up eating 75. Yeah, he, he's competing for a <laughs> so. record 14th title in 15 years in the men's contest. Yeah. So the world record is 75. Yeah. Let's each give a number to see if one of us hits right on on the actual uh, number. number. All right, so Andres, go first. Well, what do you think he's going to get to? Uh, I'm going to say he's going to break it and hit 70. I'm going to say 77. Chance? I'm going to say 80. Whoa. Whoa, that's Kobe Bryant, 81 territory. 80 hot dogs? Patrick. Um, last year he did 75, and that was him breaking a record, right? Um, I'm going to go with you get a little bit better. Actually, I'm going to go down one. I'm going to go 74. 74, and I am going to go with 71. I don't think he gets up there to the hype with – the crowd is going to get in his head. There wasn't a crowd last year, but it's an awesome event. Every year it happens. They have the, uh, the men's, the women's. It's insane when you see what else these people compete in because obviously they don't just do hot dogs as well. They do chicken wings. They do uh, fried rice. They do just anything you can think of. They have competitions for it, and some of these people in there are record holders in there. So Joey Chestnut – you are the goat of goats, though, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> so that gets the day started, um, obviously. And I think, I think, I think there might be a cornhole tournament too. I'm not too sure. Is that on ESPN the Ocho? Um, actually, <laughs> you need to give it a little more respect because <laughs> I think last year it was on ESPN too. Okay. All so right. um, I have a question for you. Do you think that any of us can compete? And probably either run, be runner up or win a cornhole tournament. Um, it depends against who. Uh, if yeah. it's against professionals, probably not, because okay. um, these guys make every single hole. Yeah. Um, they miss one or two. Sure. Out of three bags, I probably make one. Okay. You know, so sure. eventually they would build a strong lead. But on my birthday. We will have a cornhole tournament. Oh, there you go. So we'll find out. We'll we'll bring the board. We'll run it, and uh, we will definitely find out who's the better amongst all the people we know. If that helps answer your question. Okay. So and then, and then those two will get entered into a tournament for like a big buck. Sure, and it'll be sponsored by the weekend starts on Wednesday. <laughs> so, uh, so moving on, Andres, uh, to the four o'clock game. Um, so Sunday sports entertainment ends with baseball. Uh, it's the New York Mets taking on the New York Yankees. Now, if you were to ask the Yankees, they would say that they are underperforming. Yes. If you were to ask the Mets, the Mets didn't have World Series aspirations um, around the league like the Dodgers or the Padres do. But the Mets would say we're underperforming as well because Ooh. the Mets have a lot of talent. So do you think – the Mets win the series. Do you think the Yankees win the series? Um, you know, Jacob, Jacob DeGrom has been lights out. Yep. Garrett Cole has been shaky as hell. Yes, so what are your thoughts? Well, you know, it's funny when your general manager, Cashman, who's for the New York Yankees, comes out and says, as bad as we can be. So they don't mince words in New York. He's calling it like it is. Yes, I think both teams have been playing god-awful. 
Uh, they're not fulfilling their potential that they need to. I think the Yankees are the better team. I think they do win this series, let alone, let alone this game on Sunday night because it is in New York. There's only one true New York team, which is the New York Yankees, the pinstripes. It's not really the Mets. Um, but the Mets do have a really good young team. I do have Walker as my pitcher. So, you know, uh, something to come. I think they might squeeze into the playoffs. Flores is raising his hand like a New York Met fan. Uh, that's who I'm going to actually defend here because I want to defend their honor in the sense that they came into this season with the expectations to win a World Series too. They have the third highest payroll in the majors. The Yankees have the second highest payroll in the majors. And only the almighty Dodgers that love to buy their championships have the highest payroll in the majors. So it goes Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, and surprisingly the Angels after that. So these two teams are up there and have these expectations that they are going to win the World Series. But I think so far this year they've both definitely underwhelmed. We'll see what happens second half of the season, though. So let's end this segment with Chance because um, he predicted when we did our MVP voting for the AL, he saw it, he said it was going to be Aaron Judge to represent his his vote. And uh, so far, Chance, look at these numbers. Uh, he's he's down about nine home runs from Flores' prediction, which was uh, Shohei, but his batting average is just a, around the same. So, do you think Aaron Judge is going to bust out in the second half? Or is he going to end up with le- about 30 home runs or less? No, I think he's going to bust out. I mean, he's at 18 right now. He's batting 285, which is actually pretty good for a guy like him who's so yeah, big. and yeah. He strikes out a lot. Yeah, he does, but he's, he's trying to rake. Um, I think they're going to, you know, again, man, a lot of these teams, man, they're starting slow. And, I mean, baseball, we talk about it all the time. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have all of July, all of August, all of September. That's a long, long time. Um, I think they're going to catch fire. Um, I'm not a Yankees fan. I actually grew up being more for the Nets when I was younger than I was for the Yankees because of Daryl Cocaine Strawberry. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, man, I, I see them uh, taking the series, and I see Judge definitely eclipsing, I would say, at least 40 home runs. Which, which fun fact, though, we all we all worked with uh, Mikea? Yes, uh, his nieces, his nieces uh, Mikea uh, and Michelle Strawberry, yeah, yeah. were our coworkers at Enterprise, and um, they were actually really, really good salespeople. To yeah. be honest, they oh, yeah. always put up good numbers. Um, now, uh, Chance, <clears throat> everybody has had a bold prediction so far. Uh, there's about thirty seconds left. Do you have a bold prediction that you can give us for the Mets and Yankees series, just to make it interesting to end the weekend? Uh, sure. My bold prediction is Aaron Judge will hit four home runs in the series. I'll take that. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that too because you know what? Why not? It's so early in the game. Let's see if Chance can get up there. Good luck, Chance. Scumbag of the night coming up. Italy versus Austria. Viva Suri. Italia. Let's go. Look, this The scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They can mess up your bets, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons. This week, my scumbag is the phantom fan 
from Tour de France. Did you see this woman on the side of the road leaning into the path of the bicyclists, taking a picture, probably for social media, the first bicyclist to come across her hits her and causes a sick ass pileup. Um, there was like at least, this is just me guessing, at least 30 people wow. affected, 30 wow. competitors. And this scumbag was sent by the lovely Diana. Um, she sent it to me and she said, babe, please discuss what happened because this is scumbag material. And Chance, it only comes once a year. The cyclists, some of them, this is all they do. Can you imagine having your dreams taken out by somebody trying to take a photo for Instagram or Facebook? And furthermore, if it were to happen to you, you can have solace in the fact that this person's gonna get caught and brought to justice, Chance, but she has fled the country. Damn, that's crazy. That just shows you how how serious the Tour de France is oh, over is. there, um, over in Europe and in France. But yeah, man, I mean, I think it just is a continuation of all the fuckery that we've seen from all the fans, <laughs> you know, this sports season. You know, it, I mean, even in a fucking classy event, well, it's, I mean, it's classy, but I mean, this is it's a doped up sport like most sports. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, you know, even in a sport like, you know, bicycle racing, <laughs> Like fans are fucking acting like complete assholes. So I mean, yeah, man. I hope she gets hope Interpol or whatever fucking you know finds her and fucking detains her and she's fucking she goes to Guant- Guantanamo Bay and fucking is waterboarded for fucking Wow, she didn't water she didn't kill anybody. I'm just fucking I know, but I'm like, damn she killed hopes and dreams. Hey, but on a serious note, shout out to Egan Bernal. Uh, I'm again the resident Colombian expert here, and this is the guy that lastly won the Italian tour. So he's a Colombian cyclist going out and hopefully takes this tour to France. He actually won it in 2019 and was the youngest winner since 1909, uh, back in 2019 when he won it. So shout out Ingen Bernal. Hopefully, uh, this is the first I hear about this. Was he part of the crash? He was not part of the crash. They didn't mention his name in the article that I just read. So hopefully, they, do they announce all and, thirty names? And, and maybe he hired her. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be an asterisk uh, if you know if whoever wins because you know half the field was taken out. And I'm just kidding. But anyways, yeah, uh, she's a phantom because I don't think anybody knows her name. And uh, Andres, let's shoot it over to you. Uh, you have a scumbag of the night, and in true Andres fashion. It has to do with soccer. Yeah, you know, uh, speaking of, let's stay in Europe. We're talking about soccer in Europe. Um, I'm, you know, as a soccer player, play my whole life. What kills me most, we're talking about safety and all this nonsense, and is the officiating that's been going on in the European Cup. Uh, the sideline judges, specifically, again, I don't know if it's necessarily UEFA who, who's allowing this to happen, or if it's the sideline judges who aren't making the call immediately. But they're there to catch the offsides. And you it's happened a lot this time, but they're always raising it after the play has already happened. And there's a potential for injury if you don't raise it right away. And or when the team actually gains favor and they score a great goal and then it's taken away. To me, that flag should be up immediately. They should be protecting the players. God forbid one of them gets cracked. And or... If you know that a team is going to score, then just raise it away. And that way it's already stopped play. It's stopped the momentum. It's doing 
the things that need to be done. I disagree on that because the reason why they wait is to allow the play to develop for them to then go to the VAR and see if it is something that they can, you know, count as a goal or not. But if they raise the flag right away on a lot of these things, then they're, you know, taking away that opportunity for something that they're not 100% sure about. So I would rather those side judges be, I, yeah. be slow with the flag as opposed to I'm all, with it. I'm all for it. All for it if you know it's a questionable. But these things have been like, you know, between night and day, you can tell the difference immediately. And it's like, why do you even allow the play to even develop but when ahead. you know for a fact within five yards it's already done? But you see it in football all the time, in American football, where the the whistle blows and half the players stop and the other half don't, and that could be an injury too. I mean, the same thing can happen in soccer. Like, what if they raise the flag, somebody sees it, somebody stops, but yeah. somebody else doesn't stop, and then boom, you have a collision like what happened in Tour de France. I'm just, I'm just, and you know what's actually horrible has been the officiating in the Copa America tournament, too. The official, uh, for the last Colombia Brazil game totally screwed that up. And Brazil's first goal that tied the game up because when the ball touches him, the rule now says you stop the ball right there. And the Colombian team stopped playing, Brazil kept going after the ball hit the ref, and that's how they scored their first goal to tie it up and really knock the wind out of Colombia. So these refs have. Just not been on their A game. Did one of these referees cost you a bet, Andres? Is that why you're bringing it up? No, it wasn't a bet. It was more for the love of the game because I see it and I'm like, <clears throat> it's already happened. And because it happened when Mbappe scored <clears throat> an amazing ball that curled around the goalie that he had no real angle. And I'm like, oh, my God, what a hell of a shot. And the fact that they called it after is like, you assholes, why would you even allow it to happen? Just – if that's the case, put the fucking flag down and let this guy do his business and score a most amazing goal, which I could potentially would have said uh, the goal of the tournament, but that was taken well, away. You already know my answer. What did I tell you? The best referee move you can do on the UEFA Champions Soccer Champions League World yeah. Cup is to be that line judge that comes in with the whistle. The mm. crowd's going crazy. The team's going crazy. They just scored a goal. You come in with that whistle. You hold up the flag, and you say, fuck no. <laughs> that wasn't a fucking goal. And then it's like so – like I cannot think of any more power. Yeah. Like how powerful oh. does that feel as a referee? Oh. You know, like, And if anybody touches you, it's an automatic ref. Yeah. <laughs> like So um, it, it's interesting. I'm definitely going to – Look out for this, especially when, going into the last four yes. round. Yeah, and, final uh, four, huh? Uh, Chance is displeased. He is upset. You said with the city of Portland, Chance. Yeah, with the city of Portland and their, you know, finicky fans, they are going <laughs> to run out one of their, I would say, best, if not the best, Portland Trailblazer of all time, and that's Damian Lillard. Essentially. Obviously, there we've had the the seasonal NBA coaching carousel, and this year the the Blazers were a part of that group, and they went ahead and hired Chauncey Billups. Uh, according to to Damian Lillard, he approved that name along with Jason Kidd and some other people. I think Becky Hammond, and then also Mike D'Antoni, and the Blazers went ahead and hired Chauncey Billups. And some fans came at Damian Lillard. They said, "This is on Dame, in my opinion." Uh, they knew exactly who they were going to hire, and they knew who he wanted. It was either going to be Billups or Kidd. The reason there's so much controversy, allegedly, over the Chauncey Billups hire is because he has a, a sexual assault case 
that was settled out of court back in 1997. My issue with these fans are, is that since then, Chauncey Billups has worked for various organizations. He's worked for a media conglomerate in ESPN and Disney. He's worked for the Clippers. He's worked in various capacities. And now all of a sudden, because he becomes a head coach, you want to, you know, pull this thing on Mm -hmm. him and his sexual assault. And again, I'm not for sexual assault. I definitely don't think what he allegedly is accused of is right. It was him and Ron Mercer who were playing at the Celt- for the Celtics at the time. Both young kids, I think they have both just gotten drafted. But he's obviously been forgiven for that, for that messed up. And I just, I, it, to me, this is an, another example of Portland being Portland. Portland eats its own. They're going to run out Dame Lillard. I don't know if you guys have been there recently, but I have a lot of friends in Portland. I got love for Portland, but I swear to God, man, you guys – sometimes are the worst because everyone is an extreme. You either have someone who's super, super, super liberal. You have someone who's super, super, super conservative. You, you rarely have people who are critical thinkers who try to see both sides of it. And to me, this is a prime example of that because they are literally going to run Dame Lillard out of town. Like he literally was going back and forth with this fan and he pretty much ended his, his one of his tweets like, yo, say less. I said what I said, say less. Essentially, like, you know what, man? Keep on talking. I'm going to leave. Side note, he's playing in Tokyo in the Olympics with the Dream Team. He's going to be buddied up with a lot of people, with a lot of players. They always said that this is how LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh came together, is that LeBron went and played with those guys in the Olympics and then decided, you know what? I'd rather play with them than my current team. So, Portland, you are my scumbag. Quit being so damn fucking whatever it is you are, granola, Portland, whatever it is, and let fucking Dame live. Um, I would love to see Damian Lillard come <clears throat> to the Lakers or, I mean, anywhere else where he can win a championship. That's what the NBA needs. And um, it's funny, Chance, that these uh, Portland – constituents think that they have a better vetting process than ESPN or than, you know, these other organizations that they, that their opinion, like ESPN would not have given him a job if they didn't feel good about it. So I could understand your frustration shooting it over to Flores. Who's getting very, very local with his scumbag. Yeah. And the one thing that I will say is um, maybe this fan that I was talking to is a Portland fan somehow, some way. But uh, over the last week, my scumbag is one of my friends. No names will be mentioned. Um, so the Giants have been having <clears throat> a good season. They were the first team to win 50 games. Obviously, Dodgers have been trailing behind a couple games the whole season, too. And Dodgers are still the odds-on favorite to win the World Series. Last I checked, I think they were – uh, plus 350, plus 400, something along those lines. Uh, Giants have been going, I think they were plus 2,000. Maybe that might have moved up to like plus 1,000 with everything that's been going <clears throat> on. Anyway, big difference in the odds there. And when you get to talking smack amongst friends between your teams, you know, bets get thrown out. And my <laughs> scumbag is my friend because he throws out a bet that they've been betting another friend of mine who's a Padres fan, and he's a degenerate gambler a la Andres, and he'll just take any bet (laughs) with them when pride gets going. So I guess he already conditioned them. But the bet was 
who's going to make it further in the playoffs, the Giants or the Dodgers? A hundred bucks straight up, to which I absolutely laughed at, rebutted with, you know what, if we're going to do this, it's my 100 for the Giants to your 580 with the Dodgers. Who's going to go further? Laughed about it, didn't want to do the bet. So, you know, the scumbag to me is my friend, but what are your guys' thoughts on what should the odds look like for who's going to go further in the playoffs, the Giants or the Dodgers? Simple as that. Dodgers. I mean, further in the playoffs, the Dodgers have that crown that they have to defend. But what would be the monetary bet? Oh, monetary bet-wise? Is 100 to win 580 on the Giants plus 580, essentially. Good odds. I think that's great odds. Mm. But I, I don't think you're going to win those odds. But those are great odds to put down. And I, if that's the case, then I would for sure – so all it is is to go further yeah further so the this whole thing though from what i gather is that this is based off of previous world series odds before the season started or is Uh, it current they were current as of that time so you're literally pulling the statistics from vegas and you're saying this is what i'll bet you right okay so in that case he should, he has to honor it because it's basically you're bringing Vegas to him mm-hmm. and he should be thanking you right. for getting this kind of action without driving four hours, right? I mean, this is – But he's not – find that. You but can't. Yeah, but, he's, but he doesn't want to pay it up if it were to win. That's yes, because he's a Dodger fan. And it, and he knows. it should be and, – and I think by now the odds for the Giants are – uh, plus 1,000 instead of plus 2,000. So let's say it cuts everything in half. Um, so instead of, let's say, almost 600, you're looking at, okay. you know, almost three. So three to one odds or something like that. The fact that all you have to do as a Dodgers fan is go one series more than the Giants. Mm-hmm. You don't have to win the World Series. You know, The Giants could flame out in the first playoff series. You know, who knows what's going to happen with the Giants is what a Dodger fan should think. And I, I just can't believe that he wasn't down to do some odds. Well, it's a lot harder to lose money to your friend than it is to Vegas. That's that's true. <laughs> so that's probably that's why true. he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to have to have you talk that hella shit. We don't want to have to have you talk that hella shit. <laughs> Message! About, you know, the Dodgers couldn't repeat. The Giants yep. fucking won their however many world championship. And is it an even year? No, it's an odd year. Yeah. So it would break the – or was it – they won it in the even years, even, right? Yeah, yeah. Even years, yeah. So they would break that cycle. But, I mean, yeah, man, it's a, it's a lot. He should take it. Yeah, I was but it's that. a lot harder. Was, especially because he spent all night sending chicken gifts – Saying, "What are you chicken? You're not going to take the bet." And oh, he did that when you throw. Some, <laughs> oh, wait, now I'm when you throw some odds back at somebody like that in chicken. some realistic common sense, oh, you expect gosh. them to take the bet. Well, you know, I'm not going to lie. That for, I wish you would have said that from the beginning because that even furthers <laughs> him being a scumbag. You can't be throwing out that ish if you ain't going to take the ish. So I, he should at least settle somewhere in the middle with you. Between no, nowhere in the middle. You guys shouldn't be friends I'm anymore. Thinking, this, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> what I would, what I would try is I would be like, well, let's just do you know three to one odds, something like that. Like at least something like that and lets go, you know oh, that you know that you can meet him somewhere in the middle. But I think that you're in the. I think that you're in the right by sticking to your guns because at the end of the day. You can take that hundred that you're willing to give them and place a real bet and get paid out 
on you know exactly you know, plus a thousand or something so yeah. like yeah. you're trying to you know have fun and i i get it man i get it now if it was the dodgers and the padres i would say that that's closer to even you know money because of how those teams are both built i would say that's closer to even money yeah. but the giants are playing with house money right now so for him he yes but it's a lot of money to give up if you lose 600 bucks you're also, you know, you're better off getting that 10 to 1 odds, but your friend being the way that he is and acting like a fool like that and then not being able to take it? <laughs> I don't even, I wouldn't want to be friends with him. That's just I me. hope this dude finds you and kicks your ass off. Find me, motherfucker. I'm not here. We can start on Wednesday. I'll be here on Tuesday. <laughs> look, for the, look for the guy in a Mario t-shirt yeah. and uh, you'll know who is talking that shit. So um, that's it. That's the episode. That is episode 106. Um, Scumbags of the night. We have two Phantom fans, Flores' friend, the Tour de France <laughs> fan, uh, uh, Andres, the UEFA refs, Chance Rips, Rip City, says Portland needs to um, show some love and respect to Dame Time. Happy 4th of July, everybody. We will see you next week. If you're going to place any bets, good luck. <laughs>